See, there's a lot of people who still don't get it. They think they're going to go to heaven someday if they're good. And the Bible is trying its best to teach you that's not true. There's nothing in the Bible that says that. Or that you go to heaven based upon how you live, and that's not based on that. How you live your life has nothing to do with your destination, whether it's heaven or hell. You are a sinner. You are born like that. In sin did my mother conceive me. With that sinful nature, it's passed on. Jesus was born without that sinful nature. He's the only person that never needed to be saved. All the rest of us do. So the verdict is in. It's over with. That's the conclusion. We're going to die. God sent his son to make a way. And only through him, the church can't save you. This preacher can't save you. No preacher can. The Pope can't help you one iota. No priest can forgive you of your sin. Did you hear what I said? No priest can forgive you of your sins. God can, but a priest can't. I don't want you telling me your sins. God forbid It might be good to put on Facebook. <laughs> I might get a few more people to like my page. So if you want to email me something, just go right ahead. But that is such a relief knowing that I don't have to tell you all my sins. And just because, let's say, for example, uh, let's say we take Angel here. All of us done all these bad things. But Angel, he goes off to some seminary and some monk school and they teach him how to be a priest, and so he comes in here with his collar on backwards. Now, would you feel comfortable telling him that, all of your sins, just because he got a collar on backwards? <laughs> you don't trust him now. Why would you trust him later? <laughs> what man is right minded? It's because I'm father. You're not my father. I got one father, and he's dead. God says, call no man upon the earth your father, unless he's your father. But there's people who like to, I'm going to come in one day with my, I'm going to have a booth set up right down here. I bet we could increase the offering. Look, you either give or I'm going to tell everybody what I know about you. I got to stop saying stuff like this because nobody comes to me for counseling. But the verdict is in. We are all guilty. None of man's good deeds can reverse the change or alter the verdict. Now, John chapter 3 and verse 16. I want you to go there. John 3, 17 and 18 now. I want you to see these verses. You notice there in verse 16, we'll just kind of throw these three verses together. The reason Christ came into the world was so that could save the world. That's what verse 16 is about. God saving the world. How can God save the world? He doesn't save everybody, but he's the savior of the world. He only saves those who believe. Whosoever believeth that he did it for them. So there's a bunch of people who will not believe it. And if you don't believe it, you're not saved. So he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And now look in verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Why? It's already condemned. That's why God sent him. God didn't send him down here to sit in judgment on everybody, see if everybody, you know, needs to be condemned or 
you know, if they've been good and they can go to heaven without him coming. No. The world has already been judged. The verdict is in. Every man has sinned. He's guilty. He's going to die and spend an eternity in hell. Christ came to save, not to condemn. God, the judge, already done that. The whole world has been found guilty. So he says here in verse 18, He that believeth on him, Christ, is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned when? You're already condemned. The world is already condemned. That's why there's nothing that any man can do to change that condemnation. The verdict is in. You're lost. You're on your way to hell. Yeah, but if I go to church and it, nothing else matters. Nothing else helps. So Christ came and was going to make a payment for everybody in the whole world so that it would be something that everybody could have. All you had to do was believe that what he did was for you. You can do that. You can handle that. That's something that you can believe in because there's no tricks to it. There's no gimmicks to it. He didn't say you have to go to church. If you did, what church? Whose church? You got to give money. Okay, how much? Who to? Me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Aren't you glad it's a gift? It's totally free. And God knows in your mind whether or not you believe it or not. It doesn't matter what you tell anybody else. You could have told a lot of people that, oh, yeah, I'm going to heaven because I, I, I believe, I believe, I believe. God's the one that knows whether you believe or not. Just like was, this guy was driving down the road one day, and he saw there was over there baptizing somebody, so he thought I'd go and see the baptism service. So he walked down there, and they had this great big old guy. I mean, he was a bad-looking dude. And the preacher was putting him under the water. He put him under the water, brought him up. He says, do you believe? He said, I believe. He said, no, he has been pretty bad. They put him down again. Brought him up. says, do you really believe? He said, I really believe. He said, no, he's really, really been bad. Put him down one more time. So I put him down again, and he came back up, and he says, do you really truly believe? He said, I truly believe. He said, what do you believe? He said, I believe y'all trying to drown me. <laughs> so you can believe, but what do you believe? You must believe the truth. Now, look in John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Some of y'all are going to sleep. I had to tell that little joke. <laughs> Verse 24. Chapter 5 and verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath, present tense, hath everlasting life. Now we'll get the rest part of it. And shall not in the future, shall not come into condemnation. You can never be condemned. Now I wrote a little note down there that says, Christ cannot condemn a perfect person. Christ cannot condemn a perfect person. Why can I be condemned in the future? Because I'm a perfect person. So how do you explain that? I knew you were going to say that. So I want to show you. I have up here a simple little uh, envelope. And you see, this is um, something that I wanted to try to explain a little bit about salvation. You see, this is the pastor. This is me. When I trusted Christ as my Savior, it means that I believe that when Christ died on the cross, he died for my sins. When I believe that, that payment is put to my account. So God gives to me the free gift of eternal life. Now, if it's eternal life, how long would it last? This is a hard question. Who's buried in Grant's tomb? 
When was the war of 1812? So you see, there are some things that are just, you ought to understand. He gives you eternal life. Eternal life lasts forever. And if it lasts forever, and all your sins are paid, where would you go when you die? Where did you go to heaven? You see, once you trust Christ as Savior, He gives you a new birth. My new birth that I got in the Lord, it was born without a sinful nature. So my new birth, that's me. See, there's no sin on me. You see, He took all my sins. I have been washed white as snow. And the Bible says, see, this is, this is Jesus. This is the Lord. That I have been placed in Christ. Now, when I trusted Christ as my Savior, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit seals me in Him. So, where am I in Christ? When did that happen? The very moment I trusted Christ as my Savior. He didn't put an old sinful man in here. He put a new man in here. He put my new birth in here. I have been born again without a sinful nature. I have been placed in Christ. In Christ is my salvation. That is my security. Now look there in John chapter 10 and verse 28. John chapter 10 and verse 28. And notice what he said, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Well, wait, 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 wait. I have just been sealed by the Holy Spirit into Christ. I have been found in Him. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. God gave me His righteousness. See, He paid for my sins. When I believe it, He gives me His righteousness. And if He gives me His righteousness, that makes me as righteous as Christ. And I am in Him. I'm sealed in Him. Now, a lot of y'all are going to take Him mail cards this year, right? You're going to send out cards and things like that, maybe a present, something like that. Well, don't send it by the U.S. Postal Service. Go with FedEx. Now, this is God the Father. Remember, I'm already sealed by the Holy Spirit in Christ. And then the Bible says that I am in the Father's hand and that no man can take me out of his hand. So I'm pretty secure. So now all I have to do is depend upon FedEx to get me to heaven. <laughs> I'm good to go. Now this happened to me 54 and a half years ago. It never has to be done again. This is the Yankee that's going to heaven. The one with the new birth. The one that's been made pure and holy and set apart. The one that's been sanctified by God himself. You see, I don't have any sins to pay for. I am secure. Now, anyone who does not have this security has no security. If you're not in this, you're not going. If you think you can lose your salvation, you don't believe you're in here. 
I am in Christ. Now, the reason this verse says, and he that believeth on him shall not be condemned in the future. How can I ever be condemned? You can't condemn a perfect person. My new birth was born of a perfect gospel that made me good to go. Christ died for how many of my sins? All of my sins. So I am in Christ and I'm going to heaven. So in Christ is the security that every believer has. Now, I'm not there yet. I'm still down here in the nasty here and now. I'm still down here in this old sinful body. Well, what do you do about that? Well, I'm glad you asked. You'll notice in the book of Romans in chapter 12. I want you to turn there real quick. Romans in chapter 12. There's a verse that tells us that we ought to be transformed. And in verse 1 of chapter 12, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable on him, uh, which is your reasonable service. This body. Okay, here I am in this body. This old sinful body. This body that's going to die. This old body that's got an old sinful nature. God never changed that. I told a person one time, I said, now get this straight now. When you got up this morning and you looked in the mirror, and you said, you tiger, you don't you ever die. No, but if you looked in that mirror and you were ugly, and then you trust Christ as your Savior, you go home and look in that mirror, you're still ugly. <laughs> he never changed your body. It's still as bad as it's always been. You had a bad case of the hiccups, you trust the Lord, you still got hiccups. But now understand, this body now belongs to the Lord. He bought me lock, stock, and barrel, body, soul, and spirit. I, all, I belong to him. Now, he's already saved my soul and washed it white as snow and put it away, and I'm secure. I don't have to worry about this anymore. This is going to heaven. Now, I'm still here in this old body. So the Bible says here in verse 2, And be not conformed to this world. All right, look up here. Being conformed to the world means the world has pressure, and it puts pressure upon me and shapes me into its likeness. Makes me like the world. So God says, I don't want you to be like the world. See, godly means like God. Ungodly means not like God. So if you're to be godly, means you're like God. The world can't make you like God. So the key to all of this is understanding that the day you trusted the Lord, I was placed in Christ. But something else, the Holy Spirit, which is the comforter just like Christ, was placed in me. Now see, this is Jesus. And this is my body. This is me. The body I'm living in right now. That very moment, that day when I trusted Christ as my Savior, Christ came to live inside of me. I have Christ in me. Now, you hear a lot of preachers telling you, you need to get Christ in your life. Let Christ in your life. No, that's for service. Salvation is you need to be in Christ. Service is Christ in me. So whenever you hear that, you're talking about, okay, I still got to live my life here in this body. So I need Christ in my life to help me live 
and they think that's so I can live good enough maybe to make it to heaven someday. If I make him the Lord and my master of my life, and if I, no, 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 no. I'm going to heaven because of this one decision that I made. That's done deal now. This cannot be undone. So when I trusted Christ as my Savior, the Bible says Christ dwelleth in me. Christ in me. And so when you read this, it says in the last part of that verse, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Christ is in me, dwells in me. And you'll notice that you can still see a little bit through that window there, Christ in me. Can you see that? Can you see Christ in me? Now, some of you, you use the envelopes where there's no transparency, and they can't see the Lord. All they see is you. See, I don't have that. I got one that has a window. The Bible makes this statement, and I want you to look at this with me. Look in Philippians in chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, and you'll see what Paul is talking about. Because once you trust Christ as your Savior, you have been placed in Christ. But now that i got to live my life down here, God wants to use my body here. So it's Christ in me. So what does he want to do while he's in me? He wants to be magnified. He wants people to see him. So he wants, have you ever seen a magnifying glass? You ever take a magnifying glass, take a little piece of paper and get the sun just right and you get the right spot and set it on fire? Have you ever done that? Anybody ever done that? Because if you magnify the heat, whew, it gets hot. Have you ever stuck it up to your eye and look in the mirror? Don't that look funny? It makes your eye look like that. Have you walked by those mirrors that they have at some carnival places, you know, and they have these crazy mirrors and it makes you look short, tall and skinny? I like those. And then you go to those other ones and they make you look short and fat. You ever seen those? And if you don't like the way you look, change the mirror. If you want to take and look slim, always stand beside people that are twice the size of you. I'm just joking. You know I'm lying, I'm dying. You know that. But now, look at this verse, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. You are to be like a magnifying glass, making something look good. God left you here so that you would make God look good. When you have a fight with your wife, make God look good. Respond the way he wants you to. Make God look good. And if it's a woman, make God look good. Kids, make God look good. Always making him look good. And that's what will help you with your attitude. It'll help you with every problem you have. Whatever it is, magnify the Lord. So look there in verse 20. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body. All right, look up here. I am in my body on this planet Earth. This is my physical body. God says I am to magnify him. So therefore I try to talk to people about the Lord. I try to live the way God wants me to live. Because he becomes magnified. Now, 
If you don't want people to know you're a Christian, well, then you got to cover this up because you don't want them to know that. Now they can't see the Lord. But is that honoring to the Lord? Magnifying the Lord or magnifying yourself? Now it depends on who you want to honor. You see, if you want to honor him, then you want to magnify him. But if you don't want to do that and you want to magnify yourself, then it's got to be all about you, 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 you. Everything's about me. And that's why you get so burnt out so quick and irritated so quick because somebody hurt your feelings. Somebody picked on you. Somebody said something that hurt you. Well, pity, pity you. I stopped having pity parties a long time ago because nobody would come. <laughs> if it's about the Lord, magnify the Lord. It doesn't matter what people say and do to you. So you get off your high horse, take those chips off your shoulders and stop worrying about it. And, be, and don't be so easily offended. You say, you just offended me. <laughs> then it's all about you. But if it's about the Lord, it doesn't matter what people say. You can respond the way God wants you to. Magnify the Lord. Look what else he says here. Whether it be by life or death, God wants to be magnified, honored, glorified, whether your life or by your death. And I've had a lot of people trust Christ as Savior at funerals. Because I can magnify the Lord even at a funeral. I even give the gospel at weddings. I just kind of, just another fishing hole. This is just almost as good as a funeral. <laughs> one of them died. They two became one. But anyway, in verse 21, look at verse 21. For to me to live is Christ and to die is again. See, I'm not in heaven yet, but that's where I am secure. I am to live my whole life understanding Christ is in me. And he promised, he said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. Never. And so regardless of what you're doing in life, what you're going through, all your trials and tribulations, he is right there with you. He's living inside of your body. So now this is you in Christ. The other one is Christ in you. So I am in him and he in me. This secures my salvation and this secures my service. Because I know that regardless of what happens, he's there to help me. And I can always depend upon the Lord. So this is not Christ in your life in order to be saved. When you hear somebody saying that they really don't understand what they're saying, they're saying something that nice, sounds nice and spiritual. But you weigh these things based upon what God's Word does say. So as a child of God, yes, should Christ live His life through my life? Yes. Should I yield my body to Him? Yes. Because, see, there's pressure from the world, but when you have the Lord living within you, then the Lord becomes the pressure that conforms you transforms you from the inside and it keeps the pressure from the outside shaping you and forming it the way it is. Therefore, be renewed in your mind that you may prove or discover what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God did not take us all to heaven the day he saved us. He could have, but he left us here because he wants each one of us to glorify him, magnify him. And all that you say and do, honor the Lord. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. This wallet represents sin. Now, we all have sin on us. God loves us, but he hates our sin. 
And the Bible says, since all have sinned, we're all condemned. That's the verdict. And no man can save himself. And all the good works you can ever try is a waste of time. You don't go to church to go to heaven. You don't change your life to go to heaven. You don't start being good and give money and all those things to go to heaven. You can't change it. The verdict's in. You're lost. The only way to go to heaven is that you must believe that when Christ came, he did it because he loved you, paid for your sins, came back from the dead. And when you believe that, he gives to you his righteousness. You're sealed in his hands, in the Father's hand, and no man can pluck you out of his hand. That includes you. You can't get out. I'm going to heaven because I got FedEx. No, because I've trusted Christ as my Savior. I want to serve the Lord because Christ is in me. And I have that security also. I feel pretty secure. Don't you feel a little secure? Do you know where you're going when you die? How many of you know for sure you're going to go to heaven when you die? Let me see your hand. All right, put it down. How many know you're going to hell? Not that reason. The other one is Christ is in you. He's in you for a reason. He wants you to magnify him through your life. I pray that you will. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I pray that you will. Or if you're watching by Internet, if you shrink the screen down right on the bottom, says, yes, that made sense to me. Yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. And you that are here this morning, I pray that you understand what I've said and will trust Christ as your Savior. He loves you so much. This was what Christmas really was all about. Him coming into this world so that you could go to heaven. He came here so that you can go there. Would you believe he died and paid for your sins? Will you trust him as your only hope of going to heaven? If you will, God said he would save you, give you eternal life, and you get to go to heaven whenever you die. I'm going to ask you in just a moment if what I've said made sense, and if it does, I'd like to have prayer for you. And I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand and put it right back down. Raising your hand does not save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. And say, preacher, that made sense to me, and I will trust Christ as my Savior. Friend, would you just... Right now in the quietness of this moment, say, yes, preacher, that made sense to me, and I'll trust Christ as my Savior. Would you slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Yes, God bless you, sir. Anyone else? Yes, God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? God bless you, son. I appreciate that. Once you trust Christ as Savior, he gives you eternal life, and he'll never cast you out, never lose you, and you never have to do it again. He can't give you eternal life two or three times. One time, because he'll never lose you. That's how you know you're going to heaven when you die. To me, that was the best news I ever heard. Anyone else right before we close? Say, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior also. Our Father, we thank you so much for this time together. Bless each one for being here. We pray, Lord, for those that are not able to be here because they're sick. And we know there's a bunch of them, and we love each one. And pray your blessings upon them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.